when you look at that contrast, so instead of looking at it and going, this sucks, look at it and go, what is the universe trying to tell me here? It's trying to tell me that I don't want this. And then you ask a different question. Okay, what's trying to come through? What's trying to come through here? Something's trying to come through. What is it? Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. This doesn't light me up. This doesn't make me happy. Oh, I don't like punching the clock. What's trying to come through is how can I do this without punching the clock? So it's like the the signal is the idiot light on the car that's blinking, trying to get you to go change the oil to facilitate the change. Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. Hello for the first time or welcome back to another episode of the Action Academy podcast. I'm your host, speaking to you as always, Brian Lubin, bringing you the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who have already earned their freedom so that you can earn freedom in your life and business today. Today's actually a pretty cool episode because uh, we're going international. You know, we're jet setting on this show. We're not just gonna we're not just gonna record in Georgia, maybe Texas, Louisiana. No, 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 no. That'd be too be too easy. Be too easy for all of you. We're going across the pond. We're going to Florence, Italy to record with my man Rob Murgatroyd. Dr. Rob Murgatroyd was an accomplished chiropractic doctor in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, where I currently reside. And he was making multiple seven figures per year in his practice. And he had all these dreams of expanding his franchise, having 10 different offices for his uh, chiropractic clinic and practice. But then he realized that, hey, he didn't enjoy it at all. So him and his wife set on this grand mission to create a vivid vision, like I talk about with uh, Cam Harold, And they created a couple's vision together and started super, super broad and kept narrowing it down, narrowing it down, narrowing it down until it got super granular and essentially became their life that they live today. So they they closed the chiropractic practice. They moved to Florence, Italy. And now Rob is a huge podcaster. He hosts big events and he does all this really cool stuff. And he made all of this happen through the power of visualization, creating a really complex vision board and manifestation. So I really break down with him how he goes about this process so that we can all do it and I do it myself. And then on the back half of the interview, we also talk about the business measures that he put in place to allow him to be able to go and be remote and have a source of income outside of chiropractic. So fun fact of the day before we get into the interview, uh, if your waistline is getting a little larger, if you uh, are wanting to lose a little bit of that body fat. I've uh, talked to some other doctors, including, you know, Dr. Murgatroyd here. And uh, after talking to them, I've learned scientifically that if you go leave this show, the Action Academy podcast, a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you will burn 7% more body fat this week if you go leave a rating and review. Crazy, right? Don't argue with science. I won't even give you the opportunity to. (laughs) 
Thank you guys for listening, supporting, and sharing. And without any further ado, Dr. Rob Murgatroyd. Rob, how are you, my friend? I am really well. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm very excited to have you on. You have got quite the story. You have been backwards, forwards, left, right. And now somehow throughout all of this, you've ended up exactly where you've wanted to be. So where are you? What are you looking at right now? What's your situation right now currently? I am in Florence, Italy. I'm looking out my window um, at a church from 500 BC on the Arno River. I'm looking at a medieval clock tower and I'm watching all the Italians walk across the Arno River eating. That sounds like a pretty miserable existence, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, it, this was not always my view, let me tell you, but, but the, it is now. Exactly. And as I was talking to you before, for everyone listening, Rob has got a very interesting story and we're going to do it in two chapters. I mean, the main reason I really wanted to have you on is your story about your intentionality with how you set up a crystal clear vision, how you pursued that vision. So let's start with chapter one. Let's start with uh, Rob starting over where you were in Atlanta, correct? I was in Atlanta. I grew up in New York. I spent the first 25 years in New York. I decided to become a chiropractor. I went to chiropractic school in Marietta, Georgia, and ah. I did a 25 uh, more years as a chiropractor in, uh, in Georgia. Nice. A life University? I went to life. Yep. Yep. I've got one of, my, one of my rental properties. I'm in Woodstock, Georgia right now. One of my rental properties is down there. I could still hear that Georgia accent. It's not, uh, it's not hard. It's, I can hear it. What made me get into chiropractic? I think that I was at a point in my life where I was trying to figure out what I, you know what? It's God, it's been so many years that I, I want, I don't want to give you a bullshit answer. I want to give you an honest answer. I, at that stage of my life, I was considering becoming a lawyer and I would have been a horrible lawyer because I'm always trying to see the other person's side. And so I, I soon realized that law wasn't for me, but I wanted to have something of significance tied to my name. And um, a podiatrist just didn't feel good for me. No knock to them, just didn't feel like it was right. An MD felt too far. A surgeon felt too far. And a chiropractor practice like it fit the bill for me because I'm into fitness, I'm into health, a little bit more on the alternative natural side than I am on the medical side. And I, I liked my chiropractor. I liked his lifestyle. And when I went to go check it out, I went to the chiropractic school. I was attracted to being on my own. I was attracted to getting the doctor in front of my name, all the wrong reasons to not become a chiropractor, but I did. And it served me in so many ways, which we can get into if you want. But in the end, it, it wasn't for me after, after 25 years, it was enough. I think that's powerful. Uh, a lot of people don't make that determination. They don't make that realization. They, they realize it subconsciously, I feel, but they don't actually act on it. So they end up doing something that they hate doing. And then if you're listening to this, like this can apply to any career, but maybe you were an accountant your entire life. Maybe you were a salesperson your entire life. Your identity is wrapped up in that archetype, in that career, in that having that MD in front of your name and having all of the, the, all these different status and symbols. You're a huge Tony Robbins guy. And I am too. I just got back from UPW myself. 
He talks about the four different human needs. I think it was certainty, uncertainty, significance, and then like love and connection. And then I think there was a one that was growth and then one more that's escaping me right now. So do you feel like it was more significance driven in the beginning? What would you say? E- Yes. So congratulations on going to the Tony event. It's life-changing. The uh, The human needs are six of them. And for me, at that time in my life, I was servicing the significance portion of what I needed at that time. I didn't have money as a kid. I didn't, there was nobody in my family that had doctor in front of their name. And I I was very attracted to the significance of it. So they answer the question. It was definitely a significance career and probably a little bit of certainty too. I knew that if I got this degree intuitively, that I I would I would have a successful life because I had so much social proof of friends who were chiropractors that were working a couple of days a week, making a great living. And it, even back then, I was like focused on let's call it lifestyle design before lifestyle design was a thing. Like I want, I loved the idea that when I graduated, I would work from eight to 11 AM in the morning and then I'd be closed from 11 to two and mm-hmm. I can go to the gym and I can go home. I could take a nap and I come back for the afternoon. And I liked not working on Fridays and Saturdays. So it was like, it gave me a lot of what I wanted looking back on it. Now I got the doctor. I made a great living. It wasn't hard, but it it was monotonous. That's, that's what ultimately did me in. So you go to, to continue the story on. So you go, you get everything you ever wanted. You start becoming, you start getting the financial success that you were craving. You start getting everything that you were craving and then everything is starting to go well. And then, so then what was the point where you realize that this part of your life isn't serving you anymore? Well, there's two different points. There was the point that I actually did something about it. And then there was the 10 years I bitched about it. So Mm. which one do you want to, which one do you want to know about more? I think we'll skip the 10 years of bitching and we'll go to the catharsis. (laughs) So I hit a point where I just kept looping. When you have a problem that is, Tony Robbins calls it 72 degrees, where it's not that bad, it's not that good. You tend to stay in that problem for a much longer period of time than when it's horrible. When it's horrible, you know, where you're getting up at three o'clock in the morning, you're getting on a truck and you're exhausted and you're breaking your back. You will do whatever you can if you don't want to do that to not have that. But when you know you're making a million bucks a year, you're working three days a week, um, it's not that hard, but you don't love it, you tend to continue to do it because it's not that bad. The problem with that is that it was a slow death for 10 years. And my wife was really the one that got leverage on me where she said, I can't do this again with you. I can't do another year with you. This is like you, all you're doing is complaining about how much you don't like it. I don't care if we live in a cardboard box, just you got to stop this. You can't do this anymore. And I knew that it was too easy for me. And if I didn't put myself on the line where, you know, what I was saying was every year was I'm going to set a new goal by the end of this year, I'm going to be out of this and I'm going to find something else to do. 
I did that for so many years that I knew that I couldn't do the same thing. I had to do something different. We made a goal together probably midway through the year that on December 31st, it's over. And we're putting a sign on the door, practices closing, and I'm notifying the staff and letting them know that at the end of the year, you'll need to go find another job. And if you want to leave now, you can. That was a key piece uh, because some of them did. And who the hell wants to stay in the job knowing that they're leaving? They need to protect themselves. I get it. And it was the impending deadline that I made an announcement to my patients, to my staff, to my landlord who owned the uh, property I was renting in the strip mall. There wasn't any backing out. There wasn't any wiggle room anymore. Now I had to figure it out. So it was no longer the conversation of leaving. It was the conversation of what am I going to do now? Like I'm out of this. What do I do? And you get real creative when you're in that state. And we, my wife and I sat down and we started reimagining our life and what would we want and what would be a dream that we would want to have. And I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that's kind of where that piece ends. Yeah, that's insane. So is it really, walk me a little bit more through that process, because was there any specific moment within that 10 years? Because you said it was a 10 year process and it's almost, how do you cook a frog? You, You boil it slow, just slowly raise the temperature in the water and the frog doesn't feel it. It's those two millimeter shifts in the wrong direction to where all of a sudden there's a breaking point. Can you remember any specific breaking point in that? Or was it just one day you just got up and said, today's the day we're putting a date to it? I didn't say today's the day. My wife did. I wish I can tell Hmm. you that I did. She got, to use another Tony term, she got leverage on me. And because I was not going to get leverage on myself. So the breaking point was when she came home from yoga And I remember right where I was. She came home from yoga, walked inside. We were living in Buckhead at the time. Mm. And so we were living in the high rise in in Buckhead. And she came in and she said, we're done. I said, we're done with what? Me and you? She goes, no, we're done with chiropractic. And I said, what up? She said, I just, it's over. We're not, we're going to, we're going to figure out what we're going to do. And once we got over the shock I got over the shock. She actually made peace with it. And you have a really hard decision that sometimes both decisions could be right. But when you make a decision, you actually get peace. And she got peace from that decision. And then we just started to reimagine things and what it can look like. And I started writing visions of what I wanted this next chapter of my life to look like, which I can share with you. And then we took that vision and we created a vision board. That order is important. And then we hung that vision board in the kitchen. And every night over a bottle of wine, we looked at it, we talked about it. And we talked about what that next chapter would look like. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I think that the back half of what you just said may be the sticking point because I feel like it's becoming more and more mainstream to create the vision, but they don't, it's like a guitar. So if you have a guitar and then you, and I'm guilty of this, 
and you want to practice it, you want to get better at it, you put it front and center. You put it somewhere to where you're going to see it all the time. If it's in the corner, in the back corner, you're going to forget to practice. You're going to forget to play. It's out of sight, out of mind. So I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of people put all this energy and effort into creating this vision, and then they don't act on it. They don't revisit it. They don't talk about it. So I think you and your wife speaking about it and having it in the kitchen was huge. And I would absolutely love, and I think everyone that's listening to this would love to hear what your vision was. Yeah. So I'll tell you what the vision was, and then I'll tell you what I have come to realize about the manifestation process and creating the vision. And everybody has their own way of doing things. For me, this is the thing that works. So I'll share it. I've shared it with a lot of people and it's helped them. But at that time, I woke up in the morning and I was like, okay, I'm selling this thing. What do I want to, what do I want to do with my life? What do I see? And I saw surfing in Southern California. I saw waking up and not having a schedule and being able to work on projects that I wanted to work on. Because when you're a chiropractor, you have an appointment at eight o'clock. And then you have another one at 8.30, another one at 9, another one at 9.30, and it goes all day. And you have a break for lunch or whatever. But you can't think. The only thing you can do, if you come to me and you have neck pain or back pain, you don't want me thinking of something else. You want me thinking of you. I, I am an entrepreneur by nature, and it was really difficult for me to be present. Contrast creates clarity, and that contrast for me gave me clarity to say, okay, I want to wake up when I want to wake up. I want to go down to the beach. I want to learn how to surf. I want to get a bicycle. I want to ride my bike. I want to be home with my child, my young child at the time. I want to be more connected to my wife. So I started crafting this vision and it was like, and we did it as a joint vision. My wife and I, we wrote it together. So it was like a couple's vision. And she talked about her going to yoga. And once we got what this vision looked, then we started to tweak it. And we started to say, okay, Sophia, our daughter, didn't start kindergarten until we had six months from the time that we were going to be done with chiropractic and the time that she starts kindergarten. Mm -hmm. We're like, we don't really have to be anywhere. Like we can be anywhere. Where would we want to go? And so she said, you want to go to California? And I said, I do. She said, I would love to travel. I'd love to spend a few months before we go to California traveling. So would you be open to doing, let's say, four months traveling around Europe, then moving to California? And I said, sure. So we got a giant whiteboard and pretty much every night we started writing countries down and we had parameters. So we went, okay, we can only be 90 days in Europe. You have to get out of Europe for, for 30 of those days. So where would we go when we get out of Europe? We knew we wanted to be in Italy and we knew we wanted to spend a bulk of time there. So we said, okay, half of it's going to be Italy. And then we started brainstorming and dreaming and writing, okay, on this date, we're going to go We're going to be in Sicily on this date. We're going to be in Rome on this date. And then we're going to go to Montenegro on this date. And we're going to go. And so we just planned everything. And then at the end of it, we're going to go to California. So we had a vision that then when we got this all worked out, we crafted a vision board Mm -hmm. after 
we knew what we wanted. So the, the vision board showed the house in California. It showed the yoga studio she wants to work out at. It showed us living in Italy. It had it literally, we wrote it. And then once we had it, and most people do it backwards. Most people, they yep. just open up a magazine. They just start cutting out uh, pictures and that never worked for me. And then it was really ballsy because I remember right where we were, we were sitting in Florence on a rooftop and we were at the end of our trip and we had to get a place in California. So we were FaceTiming with real estate agents in California for the place. And we found one and we signed the contract literally from Italy. And then we flew from Italy to Southern California and started our new life. And we had all of our, we had our stuff in storage and we had everything shipped. And then we got there and then things changed again, but I, we can get into that too, if you want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because now at this point, now we're interested. Now we're all invested in, in the Murgatroyd saga. So then we get there and it's everything that I thought it was going to be. It's 70 degrees, sunny. Like my vision was like, I want to, I want to be in blue skies, 70 degrees, no humidity, surfing at night. I'm in a hoodie under the stars, sipping a glass of wine. Like I, I, I had it dialed in I knew exactly what I wanted and I got it. I got exactly what I wanted, like to the T. What I didn't account for in this vision was the four months that I spent in Europe. And while I was in here in Europe prior to being in California, it was magical. It was like, I can't even describe to you the depth of what it feels like walking on these cobblestone streets and looking at the world's best art and food. And But my mind was dead set on... Um, on living in California because that's what the vision was. And I didn't want to hear or see anything else. And then COVID hit and we started really looking at our life there. And I was, it was tough because if you'd say to me on a scale of one to 10, where was living in California? I'd say it was a 10. I loved it. I really do. I really did. And I do. And if you would have asked me what was living in Italy, like I would have said a 10 and it was Mm. like, when you have two things that are that close to each other, it's tough to make a decision. And I really started struggling with it. And I spoke to a friend and he said, let me ask you this. If you had two years left to live, would you rather spend those last two years in California or would you rather spend those last two in Italy? Mm. And for me, it was such a clear answer that I wanted to be in Italy for a whole host of reasons. And that answer then sent us on a new direction. And I duplicated the process. And I woke up in the morning and I said, okay, what is it about Italy that I want? And I started writing. I'm walking on the cobblestone streets. And I wake up to the sounds of church bells ringing. I feel the palpable energy that's in the air that's left over from the Renaissance. We spend our, we spend our, our days doing things that we love, shopping, long lunches, aperitivo hours, and all because our automated businesses are in place funding this extraordinary dream life. And Every day I got another piece of it, another sentence. I read it every morning 
And it took about three months, four months to work that vision out. And then all the pieces started to come together. Once sure. that was clear, I did the same thing. I made a vision board. I put the vision board up and I found the attorney in a very strange way, but I found the attorney and all these like weird woo woo spiritual things just started to happen because once you're clear on what you want, the universe will conspire in your favor to help you, but you got to get clear. And when you don't know, not knowing what you want is okay, because usually what you want is the opposite of not knowing, but you have to figure out what that opposite means. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Knowing I didn't want to be a chiropractor anymore was great. But not knowing what I wanted to do wasn't so good. So I, you have to figure out the opposite. And then we craft. Yeah, too, because if you if your focus is all about what you don't want, what you don't want, what you don't want, the universe doesn't necessarily tend to listen to the don't part, and it still rewards you, quote unquote, with what you're focusing on. So instead of having something to run away from, you have to have something to run towards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's exactly right. And then once I got a strategy for how to manifest, um, I got really clear about it and super intentional about it and wrote this vision again, created a new vision board, put it up. And then every day my wife and I looked at it again and we had, a, now we were getting really good at it. Now I had pictures of her, her, like I found I was like stalking teachers at the international school that she goes to. And I was putting the teacher's pictures on the board. I was stalking the neighborhood we're going to live in, the coffee shop that I'm going to go to in Italy and clothes I want to wear when I'm there. Yeah. But here's the thing. When you don't know, you have to go high level. You don't go granular. You go super high. And it's, I see myself walking on cobblestone streets. That's all I got right now. It's in, I know it's Italy. I think it's Florence. I'm on streets and you just feel your way through it. And then the next day you go, oh, I wake up to the sounds of church bells ringing. That's cool. I like that. That's cool. And then once you get it out, then you get granular. Then you're like, okay, I got it. Now, how am I going to, how am I going to fund this thing? What am I going to do when I'm there? Who's the lawyer I need to hire to get me the visa? And then you get granular, but you, you can't say, I want to live in Italy. Who's the lawyer? Do I, who's the lawyer that I want to get the visa? Because you don't have it worked out yet. Yes, you need it ultimately, but that's not where your head needs to be. So it's there's like stages to marble, this. Right? So it's like a giant, like you take a giant block of marble to put into the confines of it. I mean, like Italy and Renaissance, you have a, your giant idea, your vision. You start chiseling away at it, bits and pieces until all of a sudden at the end, you've got like this complete sculpture about what you yeah, really that's right. at. That's awesome. I'd love to be able to pivot because there was a part of that that was important and it was the automated businesses. And yeah. I'll be respectful of your time here. So I want to be able to pivot to that a bit so that everyone knows that you can't just snap your fingers and something happens. There's action and there's a strategy and a process behind it because now I'd love to be able to go back a bit to fill in the gaps from you and your wife saying, hey, we're done with chiropractic. and Italy is the vision. I have no idea what we're about to do, but all I do know is that we will figure it out. Can you take us on that journey really quickly to how you developed all these passive and automated businesses and what direction that you even went? I, I think there's two things. I think on the one hand, you need an automated business 
to fund income coming in. And with any of them, there there are risks and you have to you have to weigh the options and how much money it's going to cost you to do and what's the return look like, what's your involvement look like. And there's a million of them. Some people do laundry type businesses, other people do real estate. Those things you have to figure out for yourself. So I'll speak to it in two, sure. in two ways. The first way is for me, I need to be in the game. And I need to be doing something that feels creative to me. I enjoy uh, conversations like this. So podcasting was a a good uh, thing for me. So I started a podcast. I enjoy traveling and I enjoy super high-end experiences, crazy luxury experiences, but being with people that are entrepreneurial. And so I started putting these trips together called work hard, play hard trips. And so I take people around the world and we do all kinds of crazy things. We were, one of the things we did in Boston was I hired Tom Brady's trainer. He shut down TV 12 and we all went, he trained us and we worked out. Yeah, I was just at an event here in Milan and I surprised a group. They woke up in the morning and I had 10 Ferraris that were waiting for them outside their hotel. And we went through the streets of Milan and brand new 2021 Ferraris. And we took it into an area of Tuscany, Emilia Romana. We opened a cheese wheel together and then we stopped in Parma and we ate ham, Parma ham. And then we went to a balsamic vinegar tasting place. And then we went to Lake Como and went by George Clooney's house and where they shot Ocean's Eleven. And then we went to a seaplane school and we landed a seaplane on Lake Como. So these are like crazy bucket list experiences. Casual Tuesday. Casual Tuesday. (laughs) And I've done now four years of them. And so the the podcasting and the experiences, the events are my job. If you want to call that a job, that's, that's what I do there. And then the automated businesses um, are more e-commerce businesses where Amazon stores are open and they're the returning revenue. And in terms of getting into that, there's so much detail to get into that it's probably better to do in another podcast. But at a high level, the answer to the automated business part would be e-commerce businesses. And the answer to the what are you doing for a living job would be podcasting and events. So those were the two things because I needed to do something I was passionate about and something that I was interested in. So it's very interesting that you're saying this. And the reason that I was very intentional about having you on and about asking you these questions is because at the Tony event, I was sitting next to a gentleman and he had exited, he had built and exited four different businesses. So he had four successful exits. So this guy has been retired four times over like, seven, eight figure exits. And he said, I was talking to him about my vision. And I feel like a good starting point is we're all taught passive income. And you're like, I want to generate this passive income machine to where I can have my freedom and I'm not working for anybody else. And then he said, that's cool. He said, there's a problem with your vision. It's flawed. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, I can tell you from experience, man, let me walk you through this. Is you are going to go to Greece and do everything that you've ever wanted. You'll be in Greece and you'll be sitting there for three months. You're going to get bored, fat, lazy. You're not working on anything that drives you or moves you. You're not working on anything you're passionate on. We're, we're builders. He's, you want to build and you want to continue building. He goes, so while passive income is important, he's like, I'd argue that a remote passionate source of income is even more important. So that's why it's very interesting for me that you are talking about your trips that you're planning in your podcast, because those are, I can hear the passion in your voice behind them. 
because we have to build, we have to grow. If you're not growing, you're dying. So that was very interesting that you shared. That was very cool. Yeah, you have to have that. And like we talked about at the top of this, being a chiropractor, I was dying because I wasn't growing anymore. And, and, And frankly, it had nothing to do with chiropractic. There are many chiropractors that are growing because they're passionate about it. They loved it. I just wasn't. So when you know it's your time and you're ready to move on, you got to move on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, it seems that you found your alignment. No pun intended. No, no. Well, fuck it. We'll throw a pun in there. You found your alignment, man. There you found you your alignment, man. And that's, I think that's a theme that and I had Jason Dries on. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he, that's his whole moniker. He's a coach. And he talks about alignment and figuring out exactly what your purpose, your path is. And then you're going onto the interstate. It's clear you're going hundred miles an hour. Can you talk about, as we close up here, about the process to where you were beginning this stuff, you were beginning these trips, and then you're like, hey, this is where everything is coming together. Everything is becoming aligned in my life with my relationships, with my trips and everything. I'm going to go 100 miles an hour. Can you talk about that process and if there was any friction associated with that or if it was just a natural mm-hmm. progression? I don't... I, I, I... I don't intentionally look to go hundred miles an hour. What I do is I look for the alignments and I allow the alignment to take me where it wants to take me. Mm. I've spent so many years carving out going, this is how this is going to go down. I'm going to open 10 chiropractic offices in 10 years and we're going to go balls to the walls and we're going to, and none of that ever worked for me. It was more about finding a place where I was doing something that I loved and every day I felt passionate about it. And there was something in what I was doing that was rewarding for me. And not that I didn't want to work, not that everything needed to be easy, but I'll give you an example. Is it a lot of work to plan a trip? Like I just described to you. Yeah. It takes me six months to do, but none of that work ever really felt like work because I truly loved it. And even though there were times when, you know, as you can imagine, when somebody's paying, like these trips are $30,000 each, you can imagine that you get excited to do something like this and then COVID hits. Mm. And that wasn't fun, not being able to take trips for two years because you couldn't go anywhere. That sucked, but it never, it, it was never daunting for me because I was, I just couldn't wait to get on the next one. You know what I mean? As opposed to like when I had problems as a chiropractor where like insurance didn't pay for something or staff was, I'd have a staff member quit. It was always a big drama because I didn't want to do it. I wasn't passionate about it. So it sucked. So I don't like look for speed. I look for enjoyment. Mm. And then enjoyment will take you wherever it wants to take you. And it usually goes really quickly. When we made the decision to go to move to Italy while we were in California, I was literally sitting here in Italy podcasting 90 days later. Like it was that fast. Yep. I feel like it's like the planning snap done because everything is situated. Yeah, it's planning. But I, I remember at your age of things where you put down these visions for what you want And you got to be really careful about what you write and how you do this, because it's, if you put down a vision that makes logical sense and you feel I should do this and this makes sense and I'm good at this. And so why not do that? 
but it's not really the thing that's lighting you up. It's not the thing where you're like, fuck, I love this. You're, you just wind up, you use all your energy and you're like, mm, I'm going to, and you will it and you make it work. And sometimes you do, and sometimes you execute on it and you have it. But when you don't have that, that real clear passion for that vision, even if you get it, it's like you get it and, and you don't love it. Re- I, I would strongly recommend that you take the time to be very clear about what excites you. Mm. And it's funny that you say that because now I started this podcast and I I didn't ever believe that this would be something as cool as it is. I'm sure it's the, kind of the arc that you went through. You're like, okay, yeah, I'll start this thing up. And then all of a sudden it's just like, this is it. This is like one of the most fulfilling things for me. This is the most excited. This is the best part of my day. I will cancel almost anything to be able to sit here and have conversations with you and all these people that not only I get value from, but I can share the value with other people. And it's funny that you're saying all of this because my vision now is almost to the T what you're doing. And that was my vision there is I want to be able to travel around. I want to be able to travel and podcast and have remote income and remote sources of income. So that's uh, that's what I'm going towards. And I've got my board up and I'm on the process like you. But yeah, it was important that you said you have to be careful what you put down because you just may. Here's the piece that I would do. I would like you have your vision now. You got your board. You want to do your remote businesses. You want to travel. I would love to hear a vision from you, not now, whenever you want, but I'd love to hear a vision from you about like what it looks like for you. Like I wake up in the morning and I'm looking at the ocean and I walk over to my computer and I check my three automated businesses and I high five my significant other that we just made $3,000 while I was sleeping last night. And I can't believe this is my life. I spend the afternoon at the beach, like whatever that thing is for you, And then read it again the next morning and read it again the next morning and keep changing words, adding sentences, because there's a difference between saying the word yellow and saying the word canary. They have a different Mm -hmm. texture and a different connotation. And so your brain feels a different level of emotion. And then when you get that vibration where it's so clear what it is and you could just taste, taste yourself sitting on that beach then you just use the reticular activating system of your brain just starts spotting shit. And you're like, Oh my God, there's a house for sale on the beach. Oh my God, this guy wants to, I just saw this thing with this business. It's perfect for me. It's so you just start spotting it, but you, you don't do that until you have the, the vision down. Yeah. And I've, I've not to your level, but I've gotten it down pretty well. And we could talk off camera another time about that. But as we finish up, I've got two questions left. One of them is yeah. about time. And time when you're time, when it speeds up and it slows down. So as you're in monotony and as you're in automation in life with a lot of us in corporate jobs, W2s, time is like that. It's quick. It's quick because it's the same routine and process every day. Curious to see how time has changed for you now being in Italy. And then, yeah, I just am curious to see how time has altered. Because for me, when I'm traveling, it is night and day. It slows down to every single hour feels like a day for me. Is that, I'm just curious to see if that's the same reaction that you have. It's a really good question. Nobody's asked me that one. I would not say time slows down. 
I here's what I don't know that I'm going to answer your question precisely, but here's the answer that's coming to me. Sure. I am one million times more present than I was not living here. I am lost in the moments, which I never was, never. Like the biggest struggle I had, if you watched me back in LA, I was 15 minutes late for every appointment. I was back to back. I was stressed out. I'd run in and grab a shake because I got to go on to the next thing. If somebody wanted to connect with me, it was like, let's, how's the 17th at three o'clock look? And now it's somebody says, hey, do you want to go for coffee or do you want to go for a drink? I'm like, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And there's, there is, there is a depth to who I am now. There is an appreciation for things that I never give a shit about. I'm lost in conversations about wine and art and the Medici family who lived here 2000 years ago. I am not talking to people about what they do for a living. I don't care. I'm more interested in who they are, what they are working on. I was talking to, had dinner with a guy, cocktails with a guy last night. He's working on a book. And it's just about his 65 and it's about his life when he was 20. And like, I'm lost in that conversation. He spent the day at the Fuzzi Museum and we were talking about the Botticelli paintings. And so I am lost. Look, here's the thing. There's nature, nurture, and neighborhood. Nature is, I was born this way. It's my DNA. Nurture is like my parents raised me this way. But then there's neighborhood. And neighborhood is, I plopped myself in the middle of Florence in this fairy tale snow globe of a city that is thousands of years old. And that neighborhood, from an epigenetic standpoint, I'm absorbing the energy of the people that were here. And from a visual standpoint, I'm lost in it. And if you put me back in LA or Atlanta or wherever, I'd lose that. I'd mm. lose that. So where, people give a lot of attention to what they want to do and how they want to do it and why they want to do it, but they rarely give attention to where they want to do mm. it. And where you want to do something will dictate so much of how you behave in life. You can't help it. If you put yourself on the in Southern California, you're going to have one energy. And if you put yourself in New York, you're going to have another. You put yourself in Florence, Italy, you're going to have another. Where you are, I would argue, should from a like a, a hierarchical standpoint, it should be right below what you want to do. Yeah, I think we just got our I think we just got our soundbite for the opening of the episode right there. <laughs> that was beautiful. There you go. And one one last question to to let you mull over as we finish this up and uh, wrap this up. My question is, you go back to a young Rob that's in the middle of doing all of this stuff. Yeah. Would you do it the same and appreciate the journey? Or is there anything that you would change from when you were young? Would you do the same journey and appreciate 
the the struggles that she had to go through and still go through the chiropractic or would you change it if you had the ability with the magic wand? It's a good question, but the, the question is flawed because I wouldn't be who I am without the experience. So would I not want to go through the last 10 years of that? No, but would I, would I have wound? See, look, here's the thing. Contrast creates clarity. So the contrast of what you don't want is what makes you go, oh, it's like when you're in a relationship that sucks. When you get a good one, you're like, this is a good one. But if you don't know bad, you don't know good. And then you wind up fucking up the good one because you didn't realize how good you had it. Do you know what I mean? So it's really difficult to answer that question. But, you know, it would I if there was any way, if I can refine your question, if there's any way that I could have gone through it and got the lesson without having to gone through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd take that. But well, you, you can't the question. You answered the question and the statement because it, and that's where I feel people can find beauty in the struggle, beauty in the struggle. I feel like that's where it is. Contrast creates clarity and you can't have true clarity unless you've got your ass kicked and you know what you don't like. Yeah, yeah. that 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 con when you look at that contrast. So instead of looking at it and going, this sucks, look at it and go, what is the universe trying to tell me here? It's trying to tell me that I don't want this. And then you ask a different question. Okay, what's trying to come through? What's trying to come through here? Something's trying to come through. What is it? Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. This doesn't light me up. This doesn't make me happy. Oh, I don't like punching the clock. What's trying to come through is how can I do this without punching the clock? So it's like the, the signal is the idiot light on the car that's blinking, trying to get you to go change the oil to facilitate the change. Absolutely. And I feel like that applies to relationships, that applies to career, that applies to location, to your point. I thought that was very interesting. I'd never heard that before about your idea of neighborhood, because you can't think and operate. But to your point, the first place my mind went was New York. New York is fast in your face. You have two seconds to make a decision. If you're walking on the sidewalk, move or you're getting ran over. And then Florida yeah. allows you to slow down and really embrace parts of you that probably didn't even exist before. Yeah. Look, if you're an alcoholic, so you can go, my dad was an alcoholic, so I got it from him. Okay. That's, that is the nurture part or I'm sorry, that's the genetic part, right? Came that way. Or I, I witnessed my dad being drunk all the time and I copied his behavior. That could be the nurture part. If you put that person with that proclivity, whether it's nature or nurture, and you put them into a bar, neighborhood, the bar, mm. it's not the best place for him to be. But if you put him into a different environment, he's going to react. So you can take that example in lots of different extremes. There are certain neighborhoods you just shouldn't be in. It's, just, it's not good for you. It, you're not wired that way, or you're going to have a problem in it. There's just a better location for you to be in. Somebody else could be here in Florence and go, I need to be around. Like I have friends who are in LA and they're like, I need to be around the movers and the shakers. I want to be in Manhattan. I want to be around where the deals are being done. They would die here. 
this is not for them. And there's also a time in your life. I'm in a season, I'm 55 years old now. I'm in a different season in my life than I was at 20. I might've felt the same way here. So I think you got to, I don't know who said it, but somebody did know thyself. And I think you got to know yourself. So I hope that helps. <laughs> now that helps immensely. And I think that people listening to this will get a lot of value out of that. And on that note, I think that's where we need to end it. Go ahead and leave, end it on know thyself, nature, you got it. nurture, neighborhood, Rob Murgatroyd. Rob, where can people find you? Mm-hmm. So let's go on social first. If anyone's interested in just partnering with you in any way, getting to know you more, where can they find you on social? The easiest thing to do is just Google work hard, play hard, and you'll find okay. everything. You'll find everything you need to know about me. And then if somebody's listening to this and they're very interested in listening to work hard, play hard, the podcast, can you give a 30 second snippet about what they would be expecting? They're just conversations with people very much like the one we're having now uh, where we're, we're discussing work and play. And most entrepreneurs are much more interested in working and talking about working and they struggle when it comes to other areas of their life. So we talk about that struggle and ways that you could improve that. Perfect. And then that's work hard, play hard. And then if yeah. anybody's interested on any of these trips that you're throwing, is that somewhere that somebody can for, or is that a yeah, person? There, I do one trip a year. They're all one trip a year is personal invitation only. And that's my higher end trip. And the other one is all by application. So if you go to work hard, play hard podcast.com, you can fill out an application and we'll jump on a call to see if you're a fit. The next one we're doing is in Abu Dhabi um, and Dubai. And we're going to be going to the F1 race there. Perfect. All right. So if you feel like going to Abu Dhabi and Dubai, anyone to listen to an awesome podcast, work hard, play hard podcast, Rob Murgatroyd. Rob, sincerely appreciate you, my friend. I'm very honored to have this conversation with you. I hope that we have many more like it. And thank you for your time today. You are so welcome. All right. This is Brian Lubin, host of the Action Academy podcast. And Rob Murgatroyd, <laughs> signing off. You've been listening to the Action Academy podcast, helping you to choose what you want with who you want when you want. You've been given the gift of freedom. Don't turn your back on that. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we hope you've gotten some practical and useful information. Make sure to like, rate and review the show. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media. Remember, financial independence is freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Freedom fly.